All right. Well, good evening. Um, welcome to our Wednesday night Bible study. Uh, we're going to continue with what we were talking about last week, uh, body image and biblical worldview. I didn't get to finish everything last week because time had run out. You know, we're trying to keep it at an hour, 6.30 to 7.30, so uh, I didn't get to finish all of my uh, thoughts and my uh, outline on this. So uh, let's pray right quick and seek the Lord. Uh, Lord, we thank you for this evening. We thank you for Bible study. We thank you for those who are here. I pray, Lord, that you be with us, that we're edified in this Bible study. Uh, pray that those who are listening online, that they're edified by it and encouraged by it. And we pray, Lord, that we make much of Christ as we uh, look to your word uh, concerning having a healthy body image and how a biblical worldview helps to cultivate that. I just bless our time in your word tonight. In Christ's name, amen. So I I think I, I sent out a text message last Wednesday evening. It had an article attached to it. I don't know if y'all had a chance to read that about uh, this young lady named uh, Paige. Her name is Paige Spiranak, and she is a, um, they say a golf influencer, but she doesn't really play golf. She used to play golf, and she didn't have a good golf career, so she turned it into a career of basically um, showcasing her body on Instagram. She's she's very uh, popular, and she's only 29 years old and I pulled the article um, up here just to look at it right quick and and as I said in the message that I sent out to our church members this uh, article showcases perfectly what I talked about at Bible side and what we've been talking about uh, as far as having a healthy body image now this young lady is not a Christian she doesn't claim to be a Christian Um, but her life is a case study and a cautionary tale of what happens when you buy into uh, that false standard that we talked about. And, you know, she said that she feels this immense pressure to look perfect all the time. That's a very suffocating way to live uh, that and notice she says she feels that way uh, and, and we talked about this with our feelings that feelings are not reality now God does give us feelings he gives us emotions uh, but our emotions uh, have to be rightly ordered he gives us emotions he gives us anger and happiness and, and joy and, and peace and worry and all those things but those are emotions that God gives us uh, as as fallen people. We're going to have those emotions. But the problem comes when those emotions become disordered. And, um, you know, like worrying itself is nothing wrong with just having worry. Like if you go to the doctor and you hear, you know, hey, we got to do some more tests because of this, that and other. That's a cause for worry. It's not a sin. But the sin comes when we have excessive worry where where that worry leads to to doubt and the worry leads to unbelief and it it keeps us up at night that's where worrying as an emotion can become 
disordered where we just go into worst case scenario mode. We just start thinking like, oh man, the worst thing ever is going to happen. So we do have emotions, but they have to be rightly ordered by scripture. So she says that she feels this immense pressure to look perfect. She feels that within herself because I don't think that anyone is telling her that she has to. She just feels that way because she's in the public eye. So it says that she uh, took to her YouTube channel to share her experience being shamed by on online commenters after she threw out the first pitch at a Milwaukee Brewers game on September 16th. It says in the October 6th video titled Shaming and Life Online, Do I Deserve It? Spiranak said that her social media was flooded with comments suggesting she had not looked her best at the game and that her different appearance was due to the fact that she could not use filters in real life. Now, that can be very stinging because we talked about this before. People who post a lot on Instagram that are very good with it, especially uh, women, but men also to a lesser extent, or on all social media platforms that have pictures, a lot of people use filters. Filters are used to clean up the blemishes that, that you think that you have. You know, make your, your skin smoother. Maybe they have some now where you can shape your, your waist a certain way, slim your body down, and all those things. You know, they, they, they have all these filters now on uh, Instagram and on Snapchat and all these different filters. So people commented that, hey, you don't look like that in real life. And so... <laughs> You know, and so she says, when I shoot, I obviously pick the best pictures. I have great lighting. There's a lot that goes into getting a nice picture, she explained in the video. And so when you're at a stadium that has severe overhead lighting, severe, I mean, it's just a lot of overhead lighting, basically. Fluorescent overhead lighting, you're just not going to look your best. Says who? I guess the commenters. And so I have just felt this immense pressure to look perfect all the time. And that is humanly impossible. It is seriously so difficult to do that. No one can do that. Even the most beautiful woman in the world, beautiful women in the world don't always look a certain way. Now she's saying that herself while at the same time trying to look her best all the time. That's the, again, the hypocrisy of the secular worldview. In one sense, she says that no one can look that best at all times, but yet when she takes pictures, she's trying to look her best. So in, in the secular world, they try to have it both ways, but it is a contra self-contradictory worldview. You can't say, well, nobody's perfect, but yet you try to take perfect pictures. You know, that, that, that logic falls apart. That's a hypocritical a worldview but that's the secular worldview for you and that's where it will get you because you have no standard it, it's the false standard the false standard is a contradictory standard the very thing that you say that you hate you still try to do and become and that's that's the secular worldview and she said that the pressure 
has become more perfect, it has increased rather, since she earned the top spot on Maxim's Hot 100 earlier this year. Now, you may not know what Maxim is, and you don't want to know. Maxim is a, quote, men's magazine, and, you know, it's not like X-rated. Well, you might as well say it is pornographic, but Maxim rates women based on their beauty. They have the, the top 100 or the hot 100, the 100 hottest women. And, you know, in the world's terms, hottest is all about what? How much of their body they show, how their breasts look, how their, how their behind looks. That's what the world calls hot. So Maxim, a men's magazine, rates women basically based on their body parts. You're just a piece of meat, lady. That's all that you are. You're just something to look at and to gawk at. And so since Maxim picked her at the top, then, man, now she really has to look, look, look good all the time. She said that she had battled an eating disorder in college and does not want to feel badly about her body due to online shaming. Still, she says she has to acknowledge that her body is a part of her brand as an influencer and content creator. You don't want to look at her Instagram. Um, I've seen some, I don't like follow her on Instagram. I've seen some of her pictures, but a lot of her Instagram pictures, she's showcasing her body, her, her, her breast, and wearing the, 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 the tight jogging pants and all that stuff, you know, the yoga pants and, and, and all that. Her body's a part of her brand. So you're showcasing your body in order to make money. And I was thinking about this. This is actually a form of prostituting yourself. You're prostituting your body for money. It's like I said last week. The only man that should see your body like that is your husband. The only one who should see your breasts, your cleavage, the shape of your rear should be your husband. Not even your boyfriend. It should be your husband. It shouldn't be for millions of men online to look at you like that. Exploit. Exploitation. But you want all this attention, but at the same time, you get upset when people pick out all the imperfections. She continues, it's such a difficult, complex situation for me because my body is such a big part of my brand and my business. So see how she's looking at her body like it's a brand? Her, her body is, is a business? Is that the biblical way to look at your body? Your, your, your body is a commodity? You're basically using this body that God gave you, that God made in his image as a business. Your body is a business. Your body is a brand. That is actually desecrating the human body. That is not what our bodies were made for. Our bodies were made to give glory to God. Not to use as a, as a business to export ourselves. Basically prostituting ourselves. That's not what our bodies were made for. Our bodies are more glorious than that. That's a low view of the body. She says, I have set it up that way for right or wrong. So she knows what she's doing. This is just how this has progressed as if she had nothing to do with it. Like it just happened like that. 
And so I know that my body will always be criticized because I put it out there and I need to be able to accept that she's right. Now, it's not necessarily right for people to come in on her body like that. But the point is, you can't at one point say, I want everybody to see my body so I can get more likes and clicks and shares and make money based on that. But then at the same time, say, no, you can't look at my body and criticize it. You cannot have it both ways. Okay. He said in September, she took the Instagram to share that she was hurt by comments she received on a recent post that criticized her body. She said, honestly, the amount of men calling me fat on this post is next level. LOL, laugh out loud. I've had to delete so many comments, which I almost never do. Why do they delete comments? Because they don't want any negative comments on their profile. And that's actually, you know how exhausting that is? If you're getting 15,000 comments and you got to go through them to see which ones are negative and remove them, that's an exhausting life. She acknowledged that it was hard for her to maintain her, quote, ideal weight year after year and that it was defeating to see people call out her insecurities. Well, why are people calling it insecurities? Because you are exposing yourself to people who should not see you like that. That's not the way God made you, woman. Woman, your body is beautiful. It is to be used and stewarded for God's glory, to edify, to glorify God, not for men to gawk at, not for women to look at and say, hashtag body goals. I want my body to be like hers. No, because you're making yourself the object of, of worship. It says in January 2021, she called out the pressure to be perfect for her audience. This time on Twitter saying, it's crazy. I can be told I look too fat, too skinny, too plastic, too old, wearing too much makeup, not enough makeup, boobs too big, but not big enough, too pale, hair too blonde, not blonde enough all in one day. Guys, it's not a build a bear workshop over here. Calm it down. Well, you present yourself, and this is this is the sad part about this. We're going to get into our uh, text here in a second. This is the sad part about this. She has chosen this life. She's chosen it in order to make money. She she you know she was a golfer in college, and and you know she was on a professional tour. But she didn't do well in the LPGA. She ended up realizing, hey, I can cash in, uh, making more money with my body than with my golf skills. And so she chose this life. It's like selling your soul to the devil and selling your body as a prostitute. So she says she could be told all that in one day. Obviously, it bothers her. And looking at some of the comments, some of them are, are true and some of them are bad. But one of them said, your whole career is based on three assets and mainly the two up top, which you can accentuate quite well and frequently. Don't get hurt. That is all you are seen for now. And that's true. That's true. 
Exactly. She's going down the wrong path. Someone said, I was lucky enough to meet her briefly in person. She is without doubt beautiful. And she's not uh, made up. Uh, uh, she was not made up at the time. She was dressed casual and had very little makeup. The use of filters, makeup artists, stylists, et cetera, need to tone down. We all have unrealistic expectations of celebrities because of it. She was indeed knocked down beautiful and a very nice person, which made her even more beautiful. And that's, and that's probably true. I mean, she's probably a nice person. And, you know, you see her in the wild without makeup. She probably looks nice. But the point is, that's not what you're presenting to people. You're not presenting that side. You're presenting an unrealistic side. We've talked about that, the false standard. She's presenting the false standard to people. And she's not just one of them. She's just one that I, I, I uh, you know, want to highlight to you all because they dealt perfectly with what we're talking about. So she is an example of the false standard. You put this false standard out there. What do you expect in return? What do you expect in return? So with that being said, what does the Bible tell us about this? How does the Bible address this? This is going back to last week. One thing I said is that we reflect God's image. We reflect God's image. We are made in the image of God. Genesis 1, 26, 27, 28. The Bible says, let us make man in our image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God made us in his image. And we talked about what it means, what the word image means. To image God is to mirror God, to reflect God. We are to mirror and image God, not be God because we can't be God. But we are to mirror and image God. We are to reflect God to the world, reflect God's attributes, reflect God's person to the world. That's why uh, the Westminster Shorter Catechism uh, asked the question, what is the chief end of man? What is man's purpose? Why did God create you? You know, we have a lot of people walking around wondering, what is their purpose in life? What is my purpose? Why did God put me here? One thing he didn't put you here for was to show off your body to make money. He didn't create you for that. He did not create us to flaunt our bodies. If you got it, flaunt it. That goes for men and women. God did not create us for that. What is the chief end of man? To glorify God and to enjoy him forever. That's what God created us to do. As being his image bearers. To glorify him. To bring him glory. To do things that are praiseworthy to him not to get praise from man which is fickled which is temporary which is transient it is is here today people will praise you one day and criticize you within the same day just like she said in the same day she could be said she's too fat she's not blonde enough you know all this stuff in one day why because you're living for man's glory God is not inconsistent. God is consistently loving. He is consistently good. He is always good. He's always loving. He's always merciful. He's always just. He's not fickle like man. He is not like man. 
But when you don't use your body for God's glory, guess what? You're going to get chaos. You're going to be disappointed. Just as she is and millions of other uh, women and men like her who are seeking the praises of man. And when you don't worship God, guess what? That's what's going to happen. Once you deny the existence of God in your life and everything you do, all bets are off. You're off to the races. You can believe anything you want. You could deny the existence of everything God created and what he created them for. You could deny that God uh, created you to give him glory if you don't believe in him. And that's what we see in that young lady in her tragic story. She's only 29 years old. She's young enough to be my daughter if I had her at age 22. She's young enough to have been my daughter. But yet, she and her brother are living in this bubble where they feel like they have to be perfect. They have to always look their best or quote their best, what they think is their best all the time. They have to put filters on their photos. That's the way they feel they have to do. But it's something more glorious with Christ. The more we learn and follow Christ, the more we will begin to look at him and gaze at him. Each one of us. When we look in the mirror, we have to remember that we are seeing a reflection of God's image. We're not seeing a reflection of how we look to other people or how we should look because, man, it is endless if you keep thinking about what man should, how, how man should see you. You're going to look at every part of your body as imperfect when you live by the expectations of man. Okay? You're not blind enough. Okay? Put more blonde in my hair. Oh, you're too blonde. Oh, your, your breasts are too small. Okay, get some implants. Man, they're too big. You look better when they were smaller. You know, it's, it's because it's, it's never ending, the expectations of man. Never ending. It's, 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 it's lots of pressure when you try to live for man's glory and not God's. Lots of pressure. Because it brings chaos. It doesn't bring order. And we need to be instilling in the next generation. Who they are as creatures of God. And the beauty of the human body. And the beauty of maleness and femaleness. How beautiful it is to God. We need to tell our young people that because I'm telling you, they are in this generation. We need to instill in the next generation the beauty of human maleness and femaleness through a biblical lens. And I mentioned last week that Christ shows us true beauty. We talked about this in Isaiah 53. We said about Christ that he had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. This is Isaiah 53 verses 2 through 3. 
He was despised and rejected by men. This is Christ. This is our Savior. This is Isaiah speaking of Christ 700 years before he was even born. He was prophesying about the Messiah. When he predicted the coming Messiah. He was despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows and familiar with suffering. How do you suppose a person looks? Remember, Christ was God in the flesh. He was fully man and he was fully God. That's the hypostatic union. He was, he was both man and God. He was the God man. How do you think a person looks that's suffering? A man of sorrows, acquainted with grief, familiar with suffering. How do you think? It, it, I mean, it wasn't like Christ walked around moping, but the sorrow and the the grief can weigh on your your countenance and how you would look. He was fully man. Christ suffered in the flesh. He was a man of sorrows. It says, like one from whom men hid their faces. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Christ was not some tall, dark, and handsome man. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. He was just a calmly man. He wasn't someone that people would be drawn to for his looks. He wasn't striking like he was, you know, uh, uh, King Saul was very tall and, 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 and stood out. He was a very striking man. And David was a handsome shepherd boy. But this was not said of our Savior. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. Christ didn't have a beauty to attract us to him. And yet each of us follow him and we are drawn to him by the spirit of God. His followers were attracted to him because of who he was, not because of what he looked like. They weren't drawn to Christ because he was a handsome man. Just like, guess what? Men drawn to beautiful women like Paige Spiranak, you know, on to her because of what she puts out there men and women they're drawn to her because of her looks and this is an old saying that is so true what you draw them with is what you draw them to whatever you draw people with is what you draw them to draw them with you're drawing them to your looks. You know what that means? You're going to have to look a certain way all the time. If you draw them to your body, your quote assets as the world says, if you draw them to your chest or your bottom or your six pack, your muscles, you're going to have to keep it up because that's what you're drawing them with. You're drawing them with that, so you're drawing them to that. That's what they're going to expect. That, that, that lady that's drawn to that man with the nice tight abs and arms and big chest, guess what? You're drawn to that, he's going to spend all his time in the gym. He's going to spend all his time looking at his body, flexing in the mirror, you know, checking himself out, you know, doing like that, making those pecs jump and, you know, tightening those abs, 
obsessed with his own body, obsessed with himself. Yep, possibly steroids. He's going to be flexing, looking at the muscles, and, you know, you can't touch him. He's prettier than you. Because that's what? He's drawing you with that, so that's what you're drawn to, and that's what you're going to expect. Same thing with a man being a, a, a drawn to a woman's body. Woman, you put your body out there, that's what they're going to be drawn to. That's all they want. It's to, it's to use and abuse your body. Use your body for an object. Use you as an object. What you draw them with is what you draw them to. Christ was different. Christ was better. Christ was more glorious. He had no appearance that anyone was attracted to. But what drew him, what drew people to him? He was the Savior. He was the Messiah. He was the Holy One sent of God. He was sinless. They saw the beauty of God with him. They saw him as the God man. And they were drawn to him. Because he was the truth of God incarnate. And as Christians, those of us who are believers, we have the same beauty within us. We have the beauty of Christ residing in us. Remember we talked about this scripture last week, 1 Samuel 16 and 7. Man looks at the appearance, but God looks upon the heart. That's where it matters. That's where it matters. Next, Christ's wounds, his wounds heal and bring wholeness to us, not perfection. Isaiah 53 and 5. In that same chapter, Isaiah 53. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The punishment or the chastisement that brought us peace was upon him. That's the substitutionary death of Christ. And by his wounds, we are healed. So Christ's death, his taking upon our sins was the punishment meant for us, but instead we got peace. We have peace with God. Christ was scarred. He was punctured in the side. He was put on that whipping post and given lashes by Romans' finest torturers. And he had to bear his cross all the way up Golgotha. Down to Via Della Rosa, the way of the cross, to his point of his place of execution. His wounds are what bring us healing from the performance of trying to look a certain way. Christ's death and resurrection offers us wholeness and healing. He doesn't offer us physical perfection but wholeness and that wholeness comes from having our sins forgiven that wholeness comes from uh, being saved from the wrath of God being delivered from sin we talked about that in our sermon this past Sunday in the book of Galatians the first chapter delivering us from darkness delivering us from the bondage of sin 
we're given wholeness that starts with our becoming a new creation in him when we believe. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, any man who is in Christ, in Christ meaning what? In, in salvation, in believing in him, receiving Christ as your Lord and Savior, receiving the work of Christ on the cross on your behalf, and believing, repenting, and turning to Christ. That's what it means to be in him. Any man who is in Christ is a new creation. You don't have to perform for other people. You are a new creation. He says, old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And this happens throughout our lifetimes. As our minds are transformed. And we realize. That as he heals us. We don't go astray. And we don't measure our bodies by a false standard. Christ came and died to show us the true standard. Which is his life. The true standard is God and his glory. Christ died to show us that. He saved us to show us. Hey I have a better standard. I have a higher standard than the world. Because the world standard is shifting sand. It is always shifting. So last thing I want us to think about is. What is a healthy view of body image? What is healthy and biblical? What is a healthy and biblical view of our bodies? And how do we get a healthy body image? Number one. We need to filter through scripture the words we hear from others. Whether it is social media, whether it is the fashion or beauty industry, whether it's just one of our friends and family members or loved ones, we need to be aware of the false standard and filter it through scripture. We have to put when, 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 you know what? It's okay to receive compliments. It's okay for you to say, hey, you look nice today. It's okay for you to compliment people. They say they look nice, or you know, so forth and so on. Some people that are what they call ugly ducklings, you know, you see them dressed like, man, you really did yourself up. You know, that's the wrong thing to say. But it's okay to compliment people. But whose standard are we looking at? God's standard. Amen. That's the grace and peace that comes from the Lord Jesus Christ. Part of being part of our inheritance as believers, as we talked about Sunday, that we have that grace and peace that only comes from God. And so we need to filter the words. Does she filter the words that she hears through Scripture? No, because she doesn't believe in God. Or if she does believe in God, she doesn't have a biblical worldview, which is even worse. You hear these comments, you're too fat. You don't look pretty enough. 
Ladies, gentlemen, who are you measuring yourself against? How are you filtering the words of people? Don't filter them through your feelings. Filter them through scripture. What does God say about you? And don't just say that like throwing it at people, but truly believe, truly know what God says about you, that you're made in his image. Your value comes from God, not from what other people say about you. Your value and worth as a person comes from the, your, your maker, your creator, the creator God, the one and only true God. The in the beginning, God created the heavens and earth God. Genesis, the Genesis one and one God. He is the one. That we filter all this through. His view of us matters more than anyone else's. Because if not, if you don't think that, if you don't believe that, you're going to always feel like you're falling short of that false standard. Because that false standard is always, it's false, it's, it's unattainable. You can't keep that false standard. It is unattainable. It's not able to be sustained. Because it is False. It is God's standard. We filter it through scripture. The words that we hear from others. The words that we hear on social media. And it's so easy to get trapped into it. You post those pictures of yourself. Those selfies. Oh beautiful. You're so beautiful. Handsome. You look so good. Y'all look so good together. And it's okay to get those compliments. But if you're doing it to get those compliments in order for you to feel better about yourself, you believe in the false standard. And if you start counting how many comments you have or how many likes you have on a selfie, then that's an even worse hole to fall into. You take a selfie and you only get one like. If you're believing the false standard, you're going to feel horrible. Like, oh, no one likes my picture. Maybe if I show a little bit more skin, maybe somebody will like it. Exactly. Beautiful. You look great. Goals, hashtag goals. All those compliments. Again, I keep having to say it. It's nothing wrong with getting compliments. But if your reason for posting pictures on social media is to get those comments, is to get those compliments so that you can feel good about how you look, you're believing the false standard. You're falling for it. You're not filtering through scripture the words that you hear from others. You're filtering through man. You're filtering through the false standard. Because if you post a picture every day you won't get the same compliments from the same people and then people will catch up with what you're saying and say oh they just, they just want people to say stuff about them you know why because that's what I do I just keep right on scrolling are your friends 
or are your are your friends or are your followers on social media really helping you to grow in loving your body the way that God made it? That's something to think about. Those who are in your circle of influence, are they helping you to cultivate a biblical image of your body? That's a question that we have to ask ourselves. Or are your friends pushing you to believe the false standard? Yeah, girl, go get those long eyelashes. Go get that stuff put in your hair. Wear that tight dress and show it off. If you got it, flaunt it. Go in there and command that room with that tight suit on. Are your friends pushing you to do that? Yeah, you got it going on, girl. You got it going on, man. Or are they pushing you towards God's standard? Number two. So number one, you filter through scripture. Number two, you need to hear what God has to say. Read his word. Study it. Go to Bible study. But don't just hear and leave like the man in the mirror in James passage that we looked at last week. But think about it as you go home and begin to practice it. Just think about it. Read the word. Let scripture inform you. Read God's word. Hear what he has to say. Remember, the Bible is the word of God. You want to hear God speak? Read your Bible. You want to hear the loud voice of God? Read your Bible out loud. The Bible is God's word. This is God's word right here. Read it. You don't need any false revelation outside of Scripture. We're going to talk about that Sunday about no other gospel. You don't don't need a false standard, which is the so-called revelation that people get outside of scripture because it's false. No, we need the true standard. Hear what God has to say. When you read the Bible, you'll know that ideas and themes of who we are in Christ and how we should view ourselves are all over scripture. They're all over scripture. That's why it's important to reread even the scriptures that we've gone over in our study. Number three, put it into practice. Catch yourself in the mirror critiquing yourself or noticing how good you look. Stop and repent and ask God for forgiveness and receive it freely. And then after that, ask God to help you to have a right view of yourself. Don't look in the mirror and look at your body as worthy of worship by anyone. Not even your spouse is supposed to worship your body. Yes, your spouse loves your body, but not worship your body. Because your body is not an object of worship. Only Christ is to be worshipped.
And why should we not have our bodies worship? Because one day those bodies going to get old. Gravity's going to take over. Gravity's going to take over. You can't stop gravity. You can't stop aging. It's going to happen. Yes, if she keeps down that path, she's going to look horrible because she's going to start getting stuff down to her, 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 her face because she's believing the false standard. And that's what happened. That's why I said, pray for that young lady. Amen. She needs the Lord. Needs to be saved. So ask God to give you a right view of yourself. Ask God to show you what is true. Ask him to help you believe what he says about you. Ask him to help you change and to see yourself by his true standard. And this will begin the process of transformation. So what is a healthy view of body image? To have a healthy view and to be living for God's true standard of beauty means that you can look in the mirror without negative thoughts or without pride. Remember, we got two ditches, the negative thoughts, and then you have the other ditch of pride, thinking that you're all that, that you're God's gift to the world. And you can see the beautiful woman or beautiful man or handsome man that God created. You can look and know that God loves you, that you were made in his image, that that he uniquely designed you and wants your heart to grow to love the things that he loves and hate the things that he hates. It is very freeing and liberating to live this way. You want true liberation? Live God's way. You know, the feminists tell women it's liberating to show your body. It's liberating to be promiscuous and sleep with whoever you want to and kill the baby in the womb if you don't want it. That's liberation. That's empowerment. It's empowering to get on Instagram and show millions of viewers your body. That is empowering. No, it's not. It is slavery because you become slave to those very things that you think set you free. God uniquely designed you. Turn to Psalm 139. This is one of my this is one of the best scriptures, best passages of scripture about God in our bodies. Psalm 139. Look at verse 13. This psalm is about God's complete knowledge of man. Psalm 139. Look at verse 13. This is David. For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you for I am what? Fearfully and wonderfully made. Man. And then what does it say? Marvelous are your works. What works? Forming me. And that my soul knows well. God fearfully and wonderfully made us. We're uniquely designed by God. That's how we got to look at our bodies. That's a healthy body image, knowing that we are made by God, that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. No matter what your shape is, whether you're shaped like a square a pair, heavy at top, small at the bottom, it doesn't matter. 
whether you got the when they say hourglass or whatever you know it doesn't matter you are created by God you're valuable to God because of that you're, you matter to God because he made you he's your creator so he says I will praise you you say Lord thank you for making me the way you did I love you for making me in your image And then he goes on to say, my frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Look at that, skillfully wrought. We weren't some cosmic accident or some mistake. God skillfully made us. He skillfully created us. In the lowest parts of the earth, your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And this is in the womb. And in your book, they are all written. The days fashioned for me when as yet there was none of them. We were precious in God's sight in the womb before he even made us. That's how valuable, that's how beautiful our bodies are. God took his time in creating us. No one is an accident. That's why we talk about uh, killing babies in the womb. Oh, it was an unintended pregnancy. No, it was not. You knew what you were doing when you laid down and had unprotected sex. That pregnancy was going to happen. No pregnancy is unintended. That baby that was conceived through that reproductive act is not an accident. That baby was sovereignly created by God was designed by God in the womb from the moment of conception that baby is fearfully and wonderfully made it's not just a clump of cells it is a person made in the image of God and if we don't have a healthy view of the body in the womb then we're not going to have a healthy body healthy if we don't have a healthy rather image of the the body in the womb then we're not going to have a healthy image once that baby's born once you become an adult you're not going to think about the body so David tells us that we're fearfully and wonderfully made the final thought this is a lifelong walk with the Lord Christ already purchased us and made us beautiful creatures those of us who are saved those of us who are not saved we're still beautiful creatures who are made in his image but those of us who he purchased those of us who are saved he purchased us he changed our heart the day that we, we believed so that we could grow and be transformed to the image of Christ we already see the healing and wholeness in our lives but it, it isn't yet complete so we don't beat ourselves up if we're not there we continue praying for God to show us his love and his forgiveness and how to see ourselves as beautiful because we reflect his image. We have to cultivate that. Lord, help me to see myself the way that you see me. Help me to value my body the way that you purposed it, and that is to bring you glory. Help me to treat my body 
as glorious in your eyes and not try to seek man's glory. So as Christians, we need a proper perspective on true beauty because we're bombarded every single day with images. Now we have them right here in our hands. It used to be where you had to see them on television, but now they're right here in our hands on our phones. We've been bombarded with images all the time. We're bombarded with images from the world telling us what we should look like. From the world telling us the false standard that we should attain to. From the world telling us this is the perfect body. This is how you're supposed to look. This is how big your breast is supposed to be. This is how big your chest is supposed to be. This is how many uh, bumps you must have in your stomach, guys. Ladies, this is how big your behind should be. This is how small your clothes are, how tight rather your clothes are supposed to fit. How, how tiny your bikini is supposed to be. You will be repulsed if you see how tiny bikinis are that women are wearing now. And wearing thongs, which is just a string. It's just a string. And that's atrocious. That is not God glorifying for a woman basically walking around naked with a couple of pieces of clothes hiding two parts of her body. Harassment. Yes. That is not what our bodies are made for. I don't care how popular it is. Just because people are doing it, they say, yeah, you're just some old foggy. No, I'm not. I know what godliness looks like in women and men. My wife tell you, I mean, I don't have the best body anyway, but when I go to the beach, I have a, I have a, a shirt on that, that I can wear in the water and out the water. And my wife, she dresses, she has a nice, you know, she's small, she has a nice body. She wears a sarong and she wears a shirt over her. She wears a one piece and she wears a, some type of little, little sheer shirt over and then wears a sarong a little, like a dress type thing because nobody needs to see her, her, her body and see how, how, how uh, you know undressing her with, with their eyes no one needs to see that but me but you got people now they don't, they don't leave anything to the imagination so that means we have a proper perspective on true Beauty. True beauty, as I said last week, true beauty is not showing more of yourself, more of your body, but less of your body. True beauty comes from within. It comes from the heart. That's where it comes from. The adorning should be from the heart. It should be of the heart. But the world says no. Your adorning of your body. That beauty comes from how much, uh, how much skin you show. How much you show. How much you uh, don't leave to the imagination. That's what the world says. That's what it says. 
but that is not the biblical standard. We are to live godly in this present age. And that includes how we um, do with our bodies. We live godly. We, we show godliness. Our men, we show modesty. Paul tells Titus in Titus 2, exhort the young men to be sober-minded. That means to be, to be clear-minded, to be sensible, to not be out here uh, getting drunk and doing stupid frat boy stuff and uh, oogling after young ladies. To show ourselves a pattern of good works. To have sound speech. That's the way godly men are to look. Older women teaching younger women. To be reverent in their behavior. Reverent means respectful. Older women rather. To be reverent. To be respectful. Not slanderers, not giving too much wine, teachers of good things. And they admonish young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet. This is what we ought to teach young women as older women. And uh, older men, we teach the younger men to do the same thing in how to live. That is what we do. We teach them that God's standard matters. We need to be in God's word daily so that we have true images of beauty put into our minds. Amen. May let us pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for showing us how a healthy body image looks according to scripture. I pray, Lord, that you use this study tonight to bear fruit. That you send the Holy Spirit to apply these truths to our hearts. Those of us who are gathered in here and those who are watching via Facebook. Help us, Lord, to immerse ourselves in your word, to study scripture. To learn from you how we ought to live in this world and how we ought to look at our bodies, view our bodies, and treat our bodies, that we ought to use them in service to you, use them to bring glory to you, to glorify you in all that we do. I pray, Lord, for women and men who are struggling with body image, that, Lord, you may use this message to help them to look to Christ and to look to the word and to look to godly people to help them to cultivate a healthy biblical body image. In Christ's name, amen.